friends. How is everybody doing? I am here today with another great person who has retired from law enforcement. And he is someone that I worked with many years. And he's going to talk about his experience in, in his job. We're going to chat about some things and really give you an insight into everybody's jobs, but how we see things differently and how we deal with things differently. Uh, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm super honored that you're here with us today. Good morning, Tony. Nice to be with you. Good morning. So how are you? I'm doing good. I tell you what, you know, I retired in 2011. I took on an adventure and I, sometimes I want to hit myself in the head. Oh, no. You know? It's a, it's a little challenging, a little more challenging actually than uh, police work, but everything's good. Everything's really good. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I, see, I see you out there. You know, uh, I think that it's great that you um, chose to do something uh, like the business that you're doing. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, again, I retired in 2011 and I went to a couple little different jobs you know, I worked at Wall High School Security, you know, I went to DOT for a little while. And then I, you know, I got hit in the head. I said, you know what, what do you, I, I had my, my PI license, I became a private investigator, probably two years after I retired. And nice. then I said, you know what, there's a lot of call for security, you know, I get a lot of phone calls for it. So I started my, my company, East Coast Protection Services, three years ago. Um, I have a lot of, you know, because of COVID, a lot of this stuff was shut down. Yeah, uh, but we're picked back up again. I do a lot of the temples. I do a lot of private businesses and, and stuff like that. That's awesome. I'm I'm gonna ask you again about it in uh, yep. so 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 people know where you're at, numbers and sure. stuff like that. So people can contact you because this is listen. People listen to this all over the country. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And 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 I definitely want to let people know that you're out here. Tell everyone about yourself your career and where you are now. I know you've retired and but just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an old man now. I'm 59. <laughs> I'm, pushing, I'm pushing 60. I used to be, I used to be the youngest guy in the crowd. And I'm, I'm kind of like the oldest guy, but age is nothing but a number, my friend. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, I come from a family of 10, you know, we grew up in Long Branch. Um, I started my career in 1985 at the Monmouth County jail. Uh, I worked there until March of 90. I got hired by Asbury Park PD. So, you know, I, I started, you know, patrol like everybody else does. You know, from there I went to street crimes or TNT. And then I, I went to the Detective Bureau in 1995. In 1997, we were doing a search warrant. I got shot during a search warrant. And uh, after that had happened, um, I had already had applied to the prosecutor's office and I was denied because they had hired a couple of different guys already from Asbury. And I understand that you can't take all these guys from, you know, one place. You're, you hurt that PD. But after I got shot, uh, Prosecutor Kay had called me while I was in the hospital. And he said, I'm going to hire you. And he did. Uh, so I started with the prosecutor's office in March of 1998. I did, you know, different things. I started major crimes. I went to, you know, my request, I want to go to forensics. I did forensics for seven years. Uh, in 2005, I got promoted to lieutenant. I worked six more years, and uh, I figured it was time to let somebody else move up, and I retired. Wow, Charlie, that I, I've I've known you a long time. Um, of course, we're all you know Long Branch people, 
And I remember hearing about what happened to you in Asbury. And that was before, because I knew your, your brother. I went to school with your mm -hmm. sister and brother. So I remember hearing about it. And in meeting you in person, you are one of the strongest people I know. And uh, I appreciate you talking about that today um, because I cannot imagine having to go through something like that and then continuing your career. That is, that is amazing. Yeah, I, I, I got a phone call, you know, a couple of days after that from the state PBA president and saying that he was going to, you know, push that I got my uh, disability pension. I didn't want it. I just didn't want to, you know, I, you know, I can recover from my injury, right. you know, mentally I was okay. Um, and I worked years after that, did yeah. search warrants. I did search warrants after that. So, you know, it didn't affect me that way. I just made a commitment to myself that is, I was going to succeed. I did a total of 28 years. Wow. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to finish. And, you know, the, the thing about, you know, my shooting was, you know, Pat King got killed. Two, two weeks to the day from when I got shot. Yes, yes. You know, and that, that was a terrible month for law enforcement. It really was. Yes, yes. Uh, I, that's, I, I definitely want to um, talk about that because the, what, what you, you said a lot of great things, as you always do, but what you said was I made a commitment to myself. I had a, it, it was a mindset. That right. mindset. Do you feel that maybe that mindset not everyone has that do you think that out here because you know i see it a lot do you think that the mindset that that the strong people have not everyone has it well you know in these days you know with what's going on with law enforcement yeah I, I, you know i actually think guys are going to look for that excuse to get out yeah you know my, my son-in-law is a police officer in asbury and he was involved recently in a shooting uh, a week or so ago i'm sorry yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, he's okay. Uh, awesome. It's, the shooting's going to be okay. It's, it's you know, what I hear, it's, it's a justified shooting. But, you know, you think back as to, you know, it happened to me 1997. It's still happening. It is. You know, it's still happening to cops, you know. And, and you, you know, you saw what, what happened with George Floyd. That idiot cop ruined this country for what he did. Yes. You know, look, look what happened because of one, one guy that did you know, something like he did to this country, just tore us apart. Right. But people need to know that cops aren't going out there to, to, to hurt people. You know, right. we don't put that uniform go out and say, I'm going to shoot somebody today. It's just cops are getting a really bad rap and I feel bad. You know, I used to say I missed the job. I, I, I would still do the job. Now these days I'm saying huh, I'm kind of losing that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love what I, what I, what I say to young people, because I have a year before I can retire, I tell them, because a lot of people do, I do, we do cringe when we think about how much, they, how much time they have to do. 30 years is a long time it for sure a young is. person to do and to, to see the amount of changes. But what I feel is the example that we, we have set for them out here. It is, like you said, cops are getting a bad rap. Not all of us out here are doing bad things. And it's their opportunity to change things. It is yeah. their opportunity now to change this. It is a rough patch. It is a rough time. But look, look at the example that you have set. Look at the example that other people out here have set. You know what I mean? You're strong. You give back to your community. You gave back to your community many years. And you didn't give up on it. Right. That's a great thing. 
And I still live in my community. I'm, you know, I was a cop here in Asbury. I still live here. It's amazing. Here, I still live 34 years. You know, I, I ran for board of education probably five or six years ago. I lost by 55 votes. Wow. But, you know, I'm out here cutting my grass and people that I arrested, you know, wave to me, blow the horn, stop by. You know, and I actually could think of one specific case. Where, you know, Doug Johnson, great yeah, guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was a great partner of mine in Asbury Park. And then, you know, we, we hooked up again. We went to the prosecutor's office. Years ago, we, we got information of a woman coming off the train with a lot of heroin. And we waited for her. We got her. And she had a lot of heroin. And she spit at us. And she kicked us. And she called us names. About a year and a half later, we hear, we're, we're still together. We're doing street crimes. Hey, cops. Hey, cops. We turn around. Who's this lady? It was her, Tony. She hugged us and kissed us and thanked us for saving her life. I believe that. I remember that to this day. It was, it was awesome. She looked great. We couldn't recognize her. She looked great. Yes, it, that's what it is. It's that, conne it's that community connection. Mm -hmm. the, the, we do our jobs, but we also care about the people. And that is a true testament of who you are and what you stand for. And years later, people still thank you. That is that is super 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 amazing yeah you, you know recently with the protests you know we had the one incident in asbury where you know it was, i think it was uh june 2nd where one cop uh, got a fractured skull she got hit with a, a brick in the head and you know when I, I worked in asbury 30 years ago those guys didn't have helmets we didn't have shields 30 years later they still didn't have them so i did a, a gofundme yeah i saw uh, that yeah we raised twenty-five thousand. i got you know every cop's going to get a helmet every cop's going to get a shield but I got to be honest with you, the, what I went through with that, people cursing me out and calling me names and sending me phone calls that they know where I live. Yeah. And one, were, and one, one of the people was an attorney from Belmar. Wow. Public you know, just threatening, put stuff on my business, Facebook, that my company was no good. It's just cops are getting a really bad rap tone. They yeah, really they are. are. And, and we are. <laughs> uh, you know what it is, too? And, and this is just my own perception of it and how I feel about it. People meet us at the level that they are at. So mm -hmm. if you're in a terrible place and you don't feel, you don't like something and you're angry and you just feel like, you just feel like terrible about stuff, you meet us at that level. I'm not mm -hmm. speaking on behalf of these people that sent you these messages because when you're trying to do something good for a police department, I don't see anything negative about that. But like I said, people meet us at the level that they're at. Right. And unfortunately, I'm sad and, and I'm sorry that you received those messages, but those things are just like paper. You rip them up and you let no. us know. Because, yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's their, their, it's their opinion. It's their pain. It's whatever they're feeling. Okay. It's yours. You can have it. All right. We're trying to do something good out here for other people. We're trying to help other people and we're trying to connect communities and keep them safe. You know? Yeah. Because what yeah. you were doing was a great thing. And, and I got to tell you, I, I'm not a racial guy. You know, I was telling people, unfortunately, people assumed it was African-American people doing this. It yeah. wasn't. I know. Tony, be honest with you, it was all white women. Yeah, that's terrible. You know, I, I got a phone call from an African, uh, she's pretty well known here in Asbury, African-American woman, and said, Charlie, and I didn't know her. Thank you for what you're doing. The African-American community stands behind you. And I got to tell you, it was the best phone call I ever got. Absolutely. The best phone call. Well, you know, I, I, I normally don't talk about this on this, on this <laughs> uh, podcast. And, I, and I, this is why I love talking to you and so many people. 
about the racial stuff because um, it is a tough time in America. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a Hispanic female. You can hear my accent. I was born and raised in Long Branch, but I come from people who are not, I come from very humble beginnings. And one thing that I always feel is, is that anytime there's any problems, the first thing people go to is that because yeah. it's easier, it's easier to, to blame other people. All right. Mm -hmm. And it's easier. It, 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 and this is just my opinion. Um, it's easier to go that way. What I find is that a lot of agitators, a lot of the people that are causing these problems never gave a crap about the people that are, that they're talking about. Exactly. You know, how do you, how do you fix this problem? How do you fix what's going on in America? Let's talk. Let's yeah. talk. Let's yeah. come together. We are going backwards instead of forwards. We and sure I know, and, and the, I, I normally don't, don't touch on this stuff. I really feel like it is a time for us to sit down and figure out a better way instead of fighting and blaming and finger pointing. Right. We are not perfect. We're humans. We make mistakes. We cannot blame everyone for, for the mistakes that are going on. No. We have to come together. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a terrible time. You know? It is. I mean, look what 2020 turned out to be with the epidemic and then just all this other unrest and everything going on here. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been kind of crazy. It's been kind of no. crazy. I think that major transformations are coming and in my mind and the way I feel in my heart is that we're going to get better. And I'm going to believe that because I must put that into the, into the universe. I cannot, I, I, I cannot believe anything else. <laughs> no, you know, when, when I became a cop, we would have never thought of wearing a body camera. Never. No way we weren't. I got to tell you, they're the best things to slice bread now. Yeah. They, I mean, this, this recent shooting mm -hmm. in Asbury, every one of those cops in that apartment building had a body camera on, which was going to save all their bucks. You know? I love it. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I didn't, I didn't, back in the 90s, we would have said, no way, no way. Those things are saving guys' lives, careers. You know, I tell my son-in-law all the time, it's like, John, make sure you have that on. You back up your fellow officer. You do the right thing to, to people, and you go home to your, my daughter and my grandsons uh, every night. That's right. I, I love, I love the body cameras. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. And I love the audio. Um, and I love all of it because more than not, it clears you. Um, there's, there, are, there are people out here who say things that didn't happen and then you go to the camera, you're like, oh, okay. So I really love them. I, I, uh, I didn't like them at first. I felt like, oh my God, what the heck is this? But hey, if you do your job the way that you do it every single day, there's nothing to hide. No, I'm buying them for my security officers. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love, I love it. I, I do love them. And I think it's a great idea, Charlie, to do that. Yeah, I am. I'm buying it for security also because, you know, sometimes they get into some stuff and I, I, and I want to make sure they're protected. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you um, some questions about, sure. uh, you said that, you know, you, you were involved in the shooting and I really thank you for, for talking about that at that time. Did they offer you, and this, and the reason I ask you this is not to talk bad about anybody. The reason I mm -hmm. ask you this is because my jam is talking about stress and how it affects first responders, because of course I've been doing this. I've been a cop for 24 years. Did they offer you any counseling at that time when that happened, when that shooting happened? 
Yes, I wasn't allowed to go back to work back then until I was evaluated by a psychiatrist. And she was more crazy than I was, but I was <laughs> evaluated by a psychiatrist and released. And the same that's going on now with the, the recent shooting in Asbury. All those guys have to be cleared by a psychiatrist and a, a, a physical doctor before they're allowed to go to work. And that's the right thing to do. Yes. And I got to tell you, all these years later, I still think of that. I still think, of, especially now with the shooting in Asbury, I still think of what happened that night. It could have been avoided. Um, it, it wasn't. You know, we, we knew what we were going into. We were going in unprotected because of a rift between you know, the Asbury PD and the prosecutor's office. Yes. You know, our superiors in Asbury has something going on and did not want the prosecutor's office there. You know, they offered their shields. They offered their helmets at the time. And it was, it was denied. And I remember, you know, that night, you know, we were going out and the captain was going out, lieutenant was going out, and the captain had a leather coat on. And it was raining. It was 50 degrees of cold out. He said, oh, if I get shot, I want bullet holes in my leather coat. I took my, my police coat off and gave it to him. Wow. And I hate to say it to this, you know, he, he never came to visit me. He never wow. called me after I got shot, you know. But um, you know, I think about it. I think about Pat. You know, Pat, when I was a kid, I worked at Ilvento's restaurant in Long Branch. Yeah. And Pat's mom worked there. And Pat used to drive me and my brothers home from, from work every day. And I, I know Pat a long time. And I got to tell you, I seriously had guilt after he died because I'm like, why did this great guy get killed and I didn't? Oh, wow. You know, that really, 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 that, that bothered me more than getting shot. Oh, wow. This great guy was killed the way he was. And I lived. And I, you know, I couldn't, for a long time, I couldn't put my head on it, you know, yeah. why this that is that is very um and when you say things like that um they are they are your true soul speaking because a lot of people have survivor's guilt and i'm i'm not yeah. an expert in that and that is why one of the reasons that i that i asked you if anybody had asked if you um you know to talk to somebody and you know it is important to talk to someone after an event happens but it's also important to talk to people after, right? Yeah. Because there's a lot of secondary things that happen. And I'm only telling you from my own experience, because you know, you know me for a long time. Mm -hmm. so, um, there, there are things that come up, like the feelings that you had after Sergeant King got killed. And right. you, this happened right before that. And you're, you're thinking, he's a great guy, but you're also a great guy. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's but... all these things that happen then. And, mm -hmm. and, and years later, I'm sitting here talking to such a wonderful person that I really look up to and you're still feeling those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and, and I, I really want to thank you because what you're talking about are things that people don't even talk about, Charlie, and you can help millions and millions of people with your insight and your experience and your, and the trauma that you went through. I gotta be honest. I didn't tell the shrink that she would have never let me go back to work. I know. Uh, no, I mean, she she would have never let me, me go back to work. But and, and you know, a lot of it was because I knew Pat. You know, I knew I knew Pat as as a kid. He was he was. I looked up to him. He was a part of why I want to be a cop. Wow. I gotta tell you, and and Annie Samuels. I knew Annie Samuels. She was. I talked to her a lot. You know, uh, when I was a younger guy working in a restaurant, and you know, those two put a lot. Uh, Walker, uh, yep. he was a great guy. Um, it was Kenny, right? Kenny, Kenny yeah. Yep. Yeah, he moved to Florida. 
Um, I, I remember meeting him on several occasions, unfortunately, you know, with my, you know, my dad getting out of control, but he, I looked up to those guys and they were pretty much the reason I wanted to be a cop. Wow. That's awesome. I know. I, um, I, so I came on in the era with all those guys. Um, mm-hmm. and when I got hired, uh, Sergeant King was the one that did my background mm-hmm. and I had, I, I'll never forget the words that he spoke to me. He was always such a positive person, uplifting person. Yeah. He, he always used to say great things to me. And even when I had my incident, he would actually call me and to see how I was doing and, and, and tell me to keep my head up. So he was a really great person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I said, I came on in an era where, where these guys were true leaders, but they also were mentors. So sure. they had, yeah. So, I mean, think about it. All, all these guys made an impact in our lives. Sergeant King made an impact in your life. They, they were the ones that ultimately helped you become who you were in law enforcement. You were a community exactly. guy, you know, you help people and you're still helping people, you know? Yeah. I remember Pat telling me, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. That's right. You know? That was one thing that sticks in my head. What Pat said to me: treat people how you want to be treated, and it's so true. Yes, yes, it is. It is. You know, that is where um, I feel that sometimes things have changed a bit. We have yeah. to get back to co- connecting. Yeah. We're, as humans, we're not connecting enough, and we're not we're not really having the conversations that we need to be having. And uh, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm that this is the cure all and that I have all the answers. I'm just saying that I think we need to connect more. And um, when we start doing that, I think the answers will start flowing in. No. Yeah. Yeah, And when I was working again, I tell my son-in-law all the time, you know, you see these, you know, young detectives, they're screaming at a suspect and yelling at him. They're calling him names. You grab him on the side. He said, you really think he's going to talk to you if you're talking to him like that? No. You really think he's going to, you know, admit that he did a crime when you're calling him names and you're cursing at him and you're demeaning him? It's no. not going to happen, you know? No. And a lot of them listen. A lot of the guys said, you know what, maybe, maybe this is right. And I'm not the only one that said that. There were a lot of guys in the office that, that felt that way, that, you know, you treat people correctly. They're going to they're gonna talk to you. They're going to be honest with you. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. Yes. And, 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 and the power of, of how you speak to people is important. I love that you said that to them because they're young guys and, and they're going to listen, you know, it may mm-hmm. take a couple of times, but they're going to listen. I want to yeah. ask you, um, you know, about stress and how, cause I know I, uh, I, I talk about how you relieve stress and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How, what was your favorite way or what was your way of relieving your stress? Cause before I, before you answer that, I want to acknowledge that you have been married. How many years? We are, we've been married 33 years in November. 33 years. That is yeah. beautiful. Congratulations. And I, I think that's awesome. I, the reason I'm saying that is because many, many marriages, and I'm not a, an expert, but many marriages in law enforcement don't last, right? right. And uh, I want to commend you on that. Um, Tony, I'm going right to heaven. I married a woman that had I four know. kids. Wow. I'm going right to heaven. And then, <laughs> then we, had, we had two of our own, and now we have our 22nd grandchild on the way. No way. Yeah, 20, my my son got married in September, so he just told us that they're expecting late oh, January. Congratulations! So yeah, that that's going to be the twenty second grandchild that we have. Wow! Everybody's Look. college educated. Everybody's married, you know, and, and life is great. Life it is, is what you make. 
Wow, that is that is really awesome. That is that is really. Don't awesome. get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But she drives me crazy, my wife. <laughs> well, I do the same thing. I drive her crazy. So it's kind of a, a mutual thing. She's she's actually in the house in the office now, zooming. She teaches uh, nursing students. Oh, that's awesome. So that's she's in there now, and I got two dogs, and we would. I'm in my car now, so we would have never gotten this done with my dogs. <laughs> That is so funny. You know, she's going to listen to this and be like, you know what, Charlie? <laughs> she's heard it before. She's heard it before. <laughs> You're not getting me beat up today. <laughs> no, she's, she's heard it before. <laughs> I know, I'm, just messing, I'm messing with you. <laughs> so how did you relieve your stress? What was your way of relieving your stress? I got to tell you, you know, you come, I come home from what happened when, you know, every time I would go out, a lot of my career in Asbury Park, I did narcotic work. And I did search warrants and I was a big guy back then. And my, my job pretty much was to knock the door down. Right. And you know, my, when my two kids was, were small, I would make sure I kissed them every day when I left because you know what could happen, you know? And when I came home, I took that vest off and I kissed my kids. Wow. Um, it's my son wanted nothing to do with law enforcement. She saw what happened. You know, I got five teeth knocked out of my mouth in a raid. You know, I got my arm pulled out of my socket. But I, I, I was an active cop and I, I didn't sit in my police car. So, you know, yeah. things happened, but I, you know, I made it through it. I, uh, I came home to my family every night. That was my goal. That should be the goal of every cop. You go home to your family every single night. You back up your fellow officer and you go home at night. That, that's right. pretty much it. But other than that, you know, I didn't really talk too much about, you know, what was going on. I kind of kept it under the wraps. I talked out a shrink that one time because I had to. Again, she was she was more nuts than I was, but um, <laughs> it's you know, and, and cops bottle stuff up, which is bad too. I know. You know we, we keep stuff up, and and that's why you know the, the suicide rate in cops is is crazy because we keep things for ourselves. We think we're tough guys, you know. Yes. And we all have a soft spot spot in us, and and w would you things, say, would you say that talking? Okay, so the stigma be be behind talking to a, a shrink or a therapist, would you say it would be easier if people just had an anonymous place to talk? Exactly. Do you think that that would be easier for... Yeah, uh, uh, like they have a cop to cop now. Uh, right. I don't know a lot about it, but they have a cop to cop. I got to tell you, I think a lot more guys would talk on the phone to somebody and open up if they're not face-to-face -face yes. with a shrink. And, you know, feeling like maybe, you know, I'm weak because I'm talking to this person. Yes. Because I got to tell you, a lot of them make you feel that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, you, you get hurt, you know, as a cop and you go to these, these uh, workman's comp doctors and they're like, what are you doing here? They're, and you don't want to talk to them. No. I mean, and, and their job, I, I get it. Their job is to get you back to work. That's what workman's comp doctors do. Their job is to get you back to work. And I think if, if you could do it that way, um, like my wife, she's a nurse practitioner and her field is mental health and drug addiction. And, you know, during the pandemic, she was doing the Zoom with all her patients. And um, she, she kind of felt that was a little bit better too, because you're, you're not face to face with somebody, you know, feeling weak, feeling down. Are they going to yep. demean me while I'm telling them this? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, especially for cops. I think there's got to be a better way than going face to face. Like they're doing, a, uh, they're going to do a group meeting in Asbury with the shooting that just happened with these cops. These cops are not going to open up in front of each other. No, they're not. And I, I love that you're 
saying this, uh, Charlie, because it's real. Uh, there is this thing out here that people, when you talk about your feelings, that you're weak yeah. and, and that you, uh, you're being judged because it's mm -hmm. a real thing. And it's important to take into account that people don't want to look at each other after an incident like this. They want to, people need time. They need time. And I think that the best way to do it would be that way. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, you know what is, you know, what's great about all that's happening, even though 2020 is crazy, is that we can talk about these things freely and that mm -hmm. we can actually share our thoughts with the world and that you never know what that's going to spark. You right. never know how that's going to change things out here because it is about us making a change, you know? Yeah, sure is. Sure is. And, and, and everything that you, you share, like, Charlie, I've known you a long time. And the fact that you said yes right away to talk to me and that you were like, yes, let's do this, it, I'm honored. I'm honored. No, and I, you know, I, I'm very happy that, you know, I, I listen to Juan's. I know Juan a long time also. He's a great guy. You know, we talk. He and I talk once in a while. Um, he, he's a great guy, and I listen to his too. And you know what? It, it helps talking sometimes to people, especially like you. You're, you're, you're great. You always Thank were great. You. Thank you. Know, you. I, I loved working with you. You too. Um, it's, and I, I've seen you recently on the street in a deal and stuff like that You know, oh. with, my, with my company. But it, I think it's great talking to somebody that you're comfortable with. You're, again, with the shooting stuff, you're talking to a stranger. You know, you're, you're going to do a group meeting with, you know, 10 cops in a room. They're going to crack jokes on each other because that's what we did when I got shot. Exactly. You know, we, we did a, a circle jerk, and it was, it was stupid. It, did, it didn't help anybody, I didn't think. You no. know, a couple of cops, couple of cops, you know, after I got shot, went out on a disability because they weren't right mentally because they shot a guy too. You know, yeah. the, the, the bad guy in the house got shot too. So a couple of guys went out on disability, um, and that, that's their decision. But they, they weren't talking in those meetings. You know, I didn't talk in that meeting. You know, just didn't. I didn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah, I I, I think that what you're saying is is uh, something that we need to look at when mm -hmm. we decide how we're going to treat people, not only after a shooting but any traumatic event, and yeah. to keep keeping them in mind because. You know, when when you're trying to debrief somebody, it should the ultimate the only decision of debriefing someone should not should, should not be if they can go back to work. It should right. be how do they feel and how is this going to help them through the years? Because years later, will you never stop thinking about these things? I still it's, think about it. Right. I still think about it. So how the heck can we make people feel better and deal with life better instead of just worrying about can they come back to work? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, these conversations have to happen, and I'm I'm grateful for you, my friend, that we can sit and talk about this and be candid about it. I mean, I'm still on the job, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I feel like you know what, you have to talk about it, and and yeah. I can't I can't hide and and say that this isn't happening. We have to help each other out as much as possible. So yeah, so that's what that that's that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I, I want to ask you one last question, if I could. Sure, uh, sure. What would you recommend to those brave souls that are choosing to protect us today? Which you've said a lot of tips, but what would you recommend to all these officers that are choosing every single day to sign up for this? Stay away from the bottle, number one. Yes. You know, you know a lot of cops go to the bottle. Yes. You know, you know my brother. My brother did. Yes. Um, 
you know, he, he went to the bottom. And we see a lot of bad things out there. You know, I did forensics work for seven years. I've seen a lot of unnatural things. And we all do as cops. Yes. You know, you, you see stuff, you know, that 99% of the population would, could not look at, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I picked up body pieces, I picked up body pieces out of a, a wood chipper. And you, you think about that stuff. So I would say, number one, stay away from the bottle. I mean, a lot of guys go to drinking because they, they hide their feelings. They don't talk to people. You know, I mean, I was great because you know, the field that my wife was in, I could come home and talk to her. Because yeah. me and my wife met at the county jail. And then people say, how do you meet your wife? Well, we met at jail. Well, I was a corrections officer. And she was a, ca- a jail nurse. Right. And, that, and that's how we met. And she, wow. she, she knows, you know, and again, she deals with mental health. She deals with um, uh, drug addiction. So she knows a lot of the stuff, you know, the cops deal with out here too. And uh, not all of us have, you know, a, a wife in that field or a spouse in that field. I mean, that helped me to come home and you know, be able to talk to my wife with stuff like, you know, stuff that was going on. You know, as, as far as, you know, cops, a lot of these cops go to these bars at night and, and that's how they kind of let their, their, their feelings out. And it's, it's not right, but my number one, stay away from alcohol, stay away from drugs. Uh, if you can talk to your spouse about it, talk to your spouse about it, love your kids and make sure you're home to your kids every night. Um, I, I, I remember when I first started the prosecutor's office, uh, uh, a person I very well respected said, be careful who you hang out with, you know, and yeah. you know what? We're all cops. We, we're going to stick up for each other. We're going to back up each other. There might be one or two guys out there that, that pushes it a little too far. And you know, if you're smart, you know, you know where to stay away from. Um, but it's, 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 it's tough. It's a lot different than now than when I was a cop. You know, everybody's got a cell phone camera. You know, yeah. everybody hates cops now. They didn't hate cops back then. Back then it was business. If you locked up a guy with drugs, you know, it was business. You know, all right, I got caught. I'll be more careful next time, you know? Yeah. It, it was business. Now it's personal, man. These, these guys will shoot at you in a heartbeat. They don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. All your, all your tips on, um, that you, that you just said that you're sharing with everyone, uh, you know, stay away from the alcohol, stay away from those things that, you know, that you think are going to make you feel better. Pick the right people. Um, all of them, are really great advice. And they're things that I heard when I first came on the job. Mm-hmm. And it is important to have someone to talk to. And it is important to have, find a way to relieve the, the things that you are feeling daily. Yeah. Because they build up on you. And you know, not, not everybody can be a cop. You know that. Yes. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, want to be a cop. They want to help people. And then they're, they're a year or two, they're, you know, a couple of years and, it's not for them. And they, they, some of them get in trouble, you know, Yep. Or, or they get lax and God forbid they get hurt or something like that. But being a cop is a special calling. It's, I mean, you, you, you have to be tough skinned. You have to be respectful. And you, you, like I said, I, I had that commitment. I want, I, I made a commitment that I was going to retire and unless they killed me, I was retiring. And I did. Yeah. You know, 20, that's, 20, that's- 28 years and it wasn't easy all the time and it wasn't fun all the time, but I loved my career. Um, I loved, you know, I locked up a lot of people tone, but I helped a lot more. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I love, I love, I love that we're ending it this way because I am 
the same way. I, I said, if God allows me to get to 25 years, cause I've, I've, I've battled some things, you know, um, mm -hmm. sickness sure. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I said, if I can get to those 25 years, I said, I'm going to be so grateful. I am going to try to do a flip, but mm -hmm. I'm going to take that sign as you made it to 25. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Just, I went a little far. I went a little farther because I, you know, it's special time. Yes. Uh, management in my younger years, but you know, when I, I knew it was time to go and I knew if I had left, somebody else was going to get elevated. So every, somebody else was going to get promoted. So, and it, and it, and it happened. And I knew I was going to get a job. I was 50 years old when I retired. I knew yeah. I was going to get a job somewhere else if I had to. You know, thank God my wife makes great money. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I pretty much, I run the business, but I cook every night. I take care of the dogs. You know, I do the laundry. She works her butt off, but you make it work, you know? That's right. That's right. You're, you're it's true. We, um, we do the best that we can with what we got. We, we continue pushing forward. I, I will also be 50 when I retire, which I'm mm -hmm. really grateful for that. Um, and, uh, it's a blessing to know you, my friend. It is a no, blessing to, to have worked with you, to know you and to, to talk to you very often, but to have you here today. No, you're a great person, Tony. We love you. You're, oh. you're, you're Tony, you're one of the good ones. Thank you know, it's, it's great to know you and, Thank you for what you're doing, you know, in the community in Long Branch and what you did at the prosecutor's office. You know, we loved you up there. And um, you, you did fine for yourself. You really did. Thank and you it's because so of who you are. And it's because of who you are. Uh, it's an honor. You have, you're going to make me cry. No. It's really, really awesome to, to, to do this with you. And I just want to say thank you. And we will talk soon. Thanks for doing this for everyone. Anytime. It's my pleasure. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.